Hello and welcome to the Jeep and Bubba podcast. I'm your host, Jeep and Bubba, and as promised, we're doing a little interview series. Today I got with me Good Brothers Off-Road Club. We have Andrew, Nathan, and Kevin, and I'd like for you guys to just say hey. What's up, everybody? Hello! All right, Nathan, your turn. Oh, did you not hear me? I'm no. Hey, guys. Yeah. I think Kevin's... I think, That's the great thing about having, like, a big group. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's, like it's like a Zoom meeting. You can't speak over each other. That's true. We're not speaking. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I got in trouble for getting uh, too hyped on a conference call the other day. I was, I was too excited for the call, so... Too pumped. I had to tone it down a little bit. Welcome to the new normal. <laughs> for sure. Um... <laughs> So, I've made it clear to others and, like, just in conversation and maybe on some of my media that I don't like Jeep clubs. And I, I mean that because, like, Jeep clubs have basically, I guess Jeep clubs were, like, a thing pre-cell phones and internets and, you know, where you needed a club so you could get together and figure out where to go wheeling and if you got lost or broken you know, you could page somebody to come help you. But um, nowadays, it's all it's all moved to Facebook groups. And what that's done is made these, like, giant clubs. We have them, I mean, if you get on just for Georgia, there's probably a 100. And it's more or less just, like, starts out with good intentions, then becomes drama. Nobody actually wheels. Um, people are just selling random stuff, non-Jeep related. It gets political, and then it gets shut down, and someone else starts another one with the... Very similar name, you know. That's kind of the process, but yeah, yeah. Facebook groups are the new the new forums. Exactly, but you guys have formed a group that is, um, I would say, a little less inclusive in a good way, and it's more of like a brotherhood or family or some kind of like um, Jeep motorcycle gang. I mean, I think that I'm kind of glad you, you deemed it as a family because that's what I was going to say is, you know, we really looked at this as being more of a family instead of it being a pissing contest to, you know, who can who can show off their Jeep the most. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely not someone It's like, oh, well, whoever's got like 40s and one tons, like they can be a mod. It's, it's more of, hey, you enjoy wheeling, I enjoy wheeling. Like, let's go wheel responsibly together. And eventually we'll do some fun stuff. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things to where it, it's not about, like, the the numbers. It's about, like, the quality of the experience. For sure. So I, I knew Andrew through Chrysler School. We went to automotive school together. Um, and uh, basically, we, like, reconnected over Jeeps. We both used to be in tuners. But, um, you know, he told me about the group, and he also, they're friends with Jonathan Woolley, Best 3 Magazine. So, I think it was, like, last winter we started, we rode together at Germtown, and then since then we've rode together, like, all of us pretty much rode together three, four times. I don't know, y'all been to the shop. So, um, it's kind of a nice thing now when we host, like, some sort of Jeep event or we're, we're deciding we want to wheel, it's like, text the good bros, I know they're down for a good time. Always. I mean, that's the point, right? Like, mm-hmm. you want to go out and do dumb shit with your friends. Yeah. Like, you do dumb shit where you know that, hey, if I cash this check, I know somebody else can 
can back it up too, just in case. Absolutely. Like if you run into a tree, you know. Um, yeah. Perfect example. You <laughs> Perfect. run into a tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These guys are with me when I ran into the tree at Durham Town a couple weeks back. But anyways. Oh. <laughs> it's, yeah, that was a rough day for the green LJs. It's, I've rode with clubs before. <laughs> like, yes, it was a bad day for the green LJs. Uh, I've rode with clubs before, and it's really kind of like a, you'd ride a little bit, stop, take pictures, for the Instagram, stop, take pictures, do this. And with you guys, it's like, you know, guys that actually know halfway what they're doing and have built rigs and they actually work on them themselves. And actually, all of you have, like, support vehicles, like trucks and trailers and stuff like that. Like, you're actually prepared. Yeah, that was one of the big things we started because it was like, we would always go out and because I come from a background of doing like drag racing and all uh, where you build something ridiculous and then you go out and test it and eventually you're going to find this point and it's going to break. So same thing with Jeeps, like to be able to go out and have fun and wheel to either your rigs max or your max, you got to have that kind of backup system. For sure. And let's, and let's be real. I mean, you say we all work on our Jeeps. But really, Nathan and I just kind of turned screws, as you and Andrew kind of tell us. Oh, yeah, it goes there. You need to change that. I, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> well, as long as you're willing, you know. As long as yeah. you're willing. Yeah. I think, though, it, there's something to be said about you guys' group. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, give you some props that, like, maybe some people on these Facebook groups that are kind of tired of them could branch out and, like, actually make a physical group of, like, you know, four to six people that actually hang out, work on their Jeeps together, go wheeling, like, isn't that the point, really, of a Jeep club to begin with? I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You would we think so. Kept, we, we bugged Andrew enough to where he finally got a Jeep. I had a Jeep years ago, Kevin had a Jeep, and we all kind of like, our other, like, this little tight group and the extended group. Of friends also kind of like everyone had cheap except for Andrew. Andrew always came along with us, blah blah blah. Um, like Andrew said he came from the tutor world, and and I, I, I had tutor cars and everything back in the day. And um, as we get older, you know, I think it's kind of been natural or natural progression for a lot of folks to kind of move into the off road world. We were kind of seeing in general, but eventually we got Andrew to get the Jeep because that way, <laughs> you know, he could hang out with all of us, and we all would have like the common, you know, one common kind of tie and hang out yeah for sure and especially now like it's we've got kids and like you know it's easier to bring them out and and have a good time and it's kind of somewhat family friendly in most environments (laughs) and and controlled in that way um also i mean i think the great thing about jeeps is like when andrew's talking about drag racing you pretty much know when you go drag racing that it's going to cost a lot of money. You're going to break something, and you're you hope you win, but you know it's those are like rare circumstances. Where in jeeping, like for the most part, if you don't drive into a tree, like uh, like me and Nathan did the other day, uh, <laughs> you, even in that case, I drove it home, you know, and I didn't even. It, yeah. It's not that big a deal. So it, you know, these things are like little Legos, and you can just kind of build them and do whatever you want with them. Um, <laughs> That does go back to the whole point of, you know, we are a pretty well-equipped group to recover ourselves and get ourselves home. And, I mean, I think that's a that's a huge part of it is we know that, hey, if we trailer to a, uh, to a spot, then first person that breaks, 
everybody else backs off because we now know that we've got to we've got to get home somehow. Yeah, for so sure. It's definitely nice being able to support ourselves in that that manner as well. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I wheel with a lot of people because I'll get hit up like, "Can I ride with you?" or "When are you doing an event?" or whatever. And I'm not always sure like what the level of skill people have is. So it's nice yep. like when you guys like pretty much always ride together. You start to learn like, well, um, Kevin's kind of the one that's going to test the line first, and um, you know, everybody has like their different skill sets, like. Andrew's going to be able to fix it, or do we have the right recovery gear, and that kind of thing. So um, it's kind of nice that y'all are always riding together and know kind of the limitations sort of of each person, which is, I think, a huge prop for a Jeep club um, and kind of the traditional reason to have one in the first place. Absolutely. I think, too, you know, you could also use the club to deploy to other things, like, um, hence the name, Good Bros. Like, if you guys got hit up and needed to do a recovery, you see someone online that's broke down and he's close to you guys, like, you're able to deploy that. Or, you know, there's all sorts of things. Uh, you know, you guys have come along on some of the trail cleanups and some of the events we've done. So it's like, it's pretty easy to deploy yourselves because you're prepared in that way. Um, but I would like to talk about something that I've seen in the Facebook groups that nobody can really handle is that's kind of like the criticism and the hooning, but I think it's the opposite in your group. Like your hooning might actually like the agging on of each other might actually be your strong suit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, my poor little deep has been through a lot because Kevin's is more capable and I won't not back I can't back down. <laughs> well, I saw you do an endo and that was incredible. I've never seen any vehicle do that. And so to witness your deep doing that was incredible. People ask why I have the giant stinger on the front. Yeah. I had to use it. It saved your life. <laughs> it literally did. It was impressive. Um <laughs> That kind of leads me to, before we got on here, we were talking about uh, some stuff, and um, you know, we were kind of saying, well, Andrew's the only one in the group that doesn't run Mambas, and Mambas, an awesome wheel company, I run them on my vehicle, we've installed a ton of them at the shop, and uh, Nathan and Kevin both have them on their Jeep, not only their Jeeps, but on their trucks, too, um, so they've been able to like kind of take some awesome pictures and share with Mamba and do stuff like that. I was talking, last interview was like with Tiffany and Kill Designs, we were talking about branding. I think, you know, if a Jeep club actually is responsible off-roading and like does take some awesome picks, they're actually little like content machines and could potentially have like permission to do stuff with their branding, whether that be with, you know, maybe getting swag or stickers or potentially discounts on parts or labor from different people just because they're constantly out there creating like good reliable content yeah i say that and also just i'm really like i value supporting those brands that want are putting out high quality stuff it's something that i'm learning through my team um as i've been building it it's a little bit better to go with the higher quality stuff the first time um, as well as also supporting those those folks that you know support your friends. So, Mambas has they help support Wooly and SAI. They're working with you a bunch, so you know that, I, I think that all that you know really ties in together well. So you're wheeling responsibly, you're having fun, but then you're like also giving back to the industry 
you know, like that you actually like. And so, like, if you could just bottle that and and force it upon ninety eight percent of the Jeepers, that would be fantastic. Just spritz it on them for us. Um, that would be good because what we're actually seeing in these groups is like, hey, where can I get this the cheapest? And where can I da da da? And like this guy's this guy will give you forty percent off if you go here and and. Um, that's kind of how we see. Well, I mean, it's, a lot of us came back from the came from the tuner background. We've seen what that's done in that industry, basically. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody's running a freaking like trying to turbo kit, and trust me, been there, done that, spent <laughs> the money multiple times. Yeah. And, well, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, 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 don't get me wrong. Like my Jeep has like quote unquote Amazon parts on it, but. <laughs> They're the parts that I know are going to be wear items, like your LED light pods. I I don't want to spend the money on like the super high dollar ones, and I know I'm going to have to replace them, so I buy stupid cheap ones because sure. I'm going to run them into trees. That's smart. But when it comes to like <laughs> when it comes to like my steering components and everything, I I went ahead. I strong spent the money on Cavsab because nice. oh my goodness, they make an amazing product. Yeah, it's beefy for so sure. It, it's just like it's knowing where to spend the money on the good product and invest back in the industry, and it's it's one of the things like you just have to live and learn. Yeah, and I think that's also a hard part of the of the websites and everything like that, and all of the deep Facebook groups because you don't get the good picture of hey, you should really, like, really put in the thought of how you want to build your Jeep before you just start throwing parts at it. That was a huge mistake that I made. I started building my TJ up and just throwing part after part, and I didn't really build it for the best performance. I just was like, well, I guess this is what people are doing, and I just started (laughs) throwing shit at it. And eventually, I finally started to realize, oh, wow, if I really want to do this specific thing, I need to start looking into it a little bit more. And I think that's a thing that those kind of sites don't really play into because you really see the either A, the, oh, man, we bought everything from just like super cheap as, as low as you could go. And there's no reason, like there's nothing bad with that, but just try to build to purpose. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like on this side you have your, your two, like, complete opposites. You have your people who bought the literal cheapest product that would get the job done, and then you had your Kevin Davises who bought like their most expensive thing and it, it it's just because they can. Yeah, but Kevin Davis doesn't wheel. You heard that, Kevin. I said it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jeep Beach doesn't count, Kevin. I think Sarah wheels more than Kevin, so um, he needs to break that Cherokee out. Um, he really does. He, he's kind of <laughs> local to us, and like I reached out to him, and he yeah. hasn't responded. Oh man! Uh, tell me you have a gun for sale. He'll reach out. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that and be legitimate. <laughs> um, that's cool. Well, one thing. Speaking about <laughs> Kevin and not wheeling, <laughs> um, I thought it, I had a little thought like this week. So. Being in the industry and like going around like doing trade shows and and things like that, like the different Jeep beaches and uh, 
all the different shows we used to do. I mean, when I was at JCR, they did like 30-something shows a year. Um, Nitro did more than that like because uh, they did hot rods and off-road. And no one's really doing those events, obviously, because of COVID. Like, they're saying Jeep Invasion is going to happen this weekend in Pigeon Forge. I don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, SEMA got canceled. Um, Jeep Beach Jam happened, but Jeep Beach didn't. But I've noticed that a lot of, like, the companies that used to do these events, um, I expected a lot of them to be out, like, wheeling, like, in their free time, like, filming it. So I've noticed that from JCR and, like, a, and a uh, Notice Rock Crawler did that. Uh, HP Tuner does it quite a bit. But I haven't noticed a lot of them. And you would think, you know, that if it was their passion and they have all this free time that they would be out wheeling. Have you, have you noticed that at all? Or like, have you noticed like that kind of like the Instagram, so to speak, people aren't really posting right now? Like they're not using this time per se? Well, I mean, definitely. A, I, I tried to convince my wife to go to Smoky Mountain Deep Invasion <laughs> for our anniversary, but that hasn't happened. Uh, she's down, we just haven't booked yet. But, when it comes to all the, the Instagram people, you look at, like, people that post, like, Trail Recon, Oh That One Dude, like, that kind of stuff. You yeah. haven't seen them do their big posts and all because I think everybody's trying to be real conscious of the climate right now on social media. Yep. They don't want to offend anybody. Yep. So they're not posting a ton of, like, content because they're not – wanting to see where they're showing people where they're going out and quote unquote not being safe even though everybody's in their own jeep socially distant like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it they just don't want to put that negative like connotation towards their name yeah and i you know i'm not knocking anybody who's trying to be safe but i think a little bit of that is like the commercialization of a passion and you have to wonder not calling anyone specifically out but like if they're really like like i if i go two or three weeks and i don't ride then um i need to go shoot something or like you know kick the neighbor's dog or something i gotta get it out you gotta figure something out um but you know, I'm going to film everything that I'm going to do. And it's like, yeah, we got to be conscious of like, are we being safe and da da da. But like, I mean, just go ride by yourself and like pack your food. I don't know. I did something I noticed. And, uh, uh, last week, yeah, I, I would was, say you more so notice those that are going out. Like the ones that yeah. are quiet are the ones that are quiet. And, and, and the companies or the people that are kind of behind the brand, the individuals behind the brand, you're, those are the folks that are catching your eye right now. And you're saying, okay, those are the ones that maybe, maybe not like, I think maybe more so subconsciously, mm-hmm. you're kind of cashing that in your head saying, oh, uh, they're over GCR. I see him out a ton, or the guys from Genride or whatever. You see them out more. Like, even now, you're yep. like, okay, those are the folks that are really active, passionate, and whatnot. Therefore, subconsciously, you know, you're like, do I want to support this thing? Because they, you know, they've got that passion. Yeah, I think it's like, as a consumer, it's important to me that they're actually. I don't, I don't mean that, like, you have to have, like, a company and go off-roading. Like, um, I know the guy that owned... Active in whatever it is. Yeah, the guy that owned Rugged Ridge has never been off-roading in his life. He likes old Jeeps, but he's never been off-roading. And he sold the company recently, so that's fine for me to say. He, right. he did just fine. Um, 
but like he didn't have the passion. That's fine. Like some people are just business people and they see a, a window or whatever. But it's like um, for those that put out the content and the videos and stuff, and now it's kind of like they're a little bit quiet. And I just say that because we, you know, kind of put out a lot of content um, and we're like in the small guy area. And um, it's a weird time, but I think there's a little window where like the little guys can kind of win um, before like the WalMarts of the industry come back in and and blast us with their their jeep hers and and beach shenanigans yeah i definitely agree with that because it's it's one of those times to where there's not as much content being put out so everybody's looking for something to watch they want to find like that new youtube channel that's posting new content right now and being able to offer that to them is huge because you're right. Once those those people start coming back in with their like their ridiculous drone footage and everything and their 4K display, yep. it, it's going to flood the market again. And then those small guys aren't going to get the recognition that they should because they're the guys that are literally down there in the trenches, like the earning it. For sure, I feel it all the time. I'm like, well, me and uh, Nathan are going to Colorado in this month, and. Um, We'll miss you guys. I'm so jealous. <laughs> but I'm like in the dirt, like, like. Pe- mark, mark, mark my words. This time, 2021. Yeah. When we plan a trip. Yeah. You're not leaving me behind. Okay, Moab. I think Moab next year. I think it has to happen. Oh, I will totally go to Moab. <laughs> I'm going to start planning for super 60s and 40s. 2021 Moab. Let's do Hello, it. Hello, new credit card. Yeah. No, I, I think my credit score will be lower when I get back. Um, Free money. I'll be like, yeah, I'll be like the the Tiger King or whatever. I will not financially recover from this. <laughs> now, I do kind of have a question about what we were just talking about. Okay. Do you guys ever think that too much content can be a problem? Mm, yes, but I think I don't think actually publishing too much content is the problem it's the creating of the content like it becomes an issue that you might not actually be enjoying like off-roading um for instance i've been wanting to do this colorado trip for probably five years and i knew that if i was doing it i wouldn't enjoy it if i was thinking about i've spent thousands of dollars to be here and I've got to film it, and I'm not paying attention to the scenery and the wheeling and the actual experience. So I'm bringing someone to actually film it. I'm like, hey, I'll pay your way. You come out and film it. That way, you know, I get to enjoy it. And some days when yeah. I'm out off roading, I'm like leading a group and filming a video, and like halfway paying attention to my own Jeep. And it's like, yeah, I wish I wasn't doing content right now. So I do think it's they, they, too much content can be an issue for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't filming in that process, but I was probably thinking. I wish you, I, I wish you were. <laughs> I, Hunter caught it, which was incredible and, and terrible footage. Um, and, that's, and that's why he is paid to get content. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and he liked, you know, he sort of likes the off-roading thing. He just bought a Forerunner, but like he's not in it. Like uh, like we are just like so intense with it. And um, and so he's able to film it kind of as an outsider perspective, and it's kind of awesome in that sense. So um, I'm excited to have Chris out there to film for me. But, yeah, there's sometimes – but I don't think you can actually put out too much where it bothers people. Um, yeah. 
because there's so many platforms now and there's so much being poured into it, like I might post something and you guys never even see it, even though we're all friends. Like it's just the way that feeds work currently, you know? So I don't think you can overpost. Thanks for that. I think right now, you know, with this, you know, COVID environment, a lot of more folks are working from home. I myself am guilty of this. I yep. will have a pretty good YouTube video. I'll find a good YouTube video and have that up, you know, on the side of my desk while I'm working. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's common, even more common right now. So, when, and, and I, I was like, once I find someone that I don't like or whatever, then I'm going to start pouring through all of their stuff. So, and that, you for know, sure. they just run out, you're waiting for more and you're waiting for more. Uh, as long as you're putting out, you know, Enjoying. Yeah, for sure. What do you guys think? You know, SEMA's not going to happen this year, and SEMA typically is kind of the catalyst for new ideas. Like, there have been years where everyone ran bronze or copper wheels, and nobody knew that was even a thing until SEMA. Everyone thought they were being fresh and new, and then literally half of everybody was running bronze wheels, and they come back and tell everyone um we make the joke that bluetooth front drive shafts are a big thing because when you go to SEMA, <laughs> half the trucks don't have front drive shafts um but i mean w- without the bluetooth drive shaft <laughs> and the bubblegum weld that's what right is well yeah um what it is is a lot of ill-spent money in the dirtiest place on earth um but that's that's what and, and a lack of there's like zero sleep possible can't sleep um and you stand on concrete for hours on end i it's a love-hate relationship i love it because you do get to see some really cool stuff um but on the foot like you literally i've been to sema twice and seen like an eighth of it maybe um because it's so big but like last year was a big year of of overlanding um 2017 was last time I was there. It was the year of trucks. It was like, oh, Wrangler hasn't made their new vehicle yet. So it was like the Ranger came out, the Colorado came out. People were like pushing Raptors. Um, with the COVID thing, and everyone's like really behind in production right now. Like I can't hardly get parts from anywhere. Nobody has anything in stock. Shipping's all messed up. Do you think we're gonna see any new trends? Or are you guys seeing any new trends like currently in the market? haven't seen anything new yet but i have a feeling with the way social media is now mm-hmm. the the big brands are not going to miss sema because they're not gonna have to pour the money into the, the build although they've already started the builds sure. they can just like take them modify them and bring them next year mm-hmm. so hopefully they have like legitimate drive staff <laughs> and everything like they take the time to grind their wells like correctly powder coat stuff so hopefully we see like a i, I guess like the next step of sema next mm-hmm. year because technically they've had two years to prepare granted i understand they're already going to release their new products sure. and with the way social media is now they're not going to miss yeah. unveiling them at SEMA because they're not going to lose any publicity. Sure. Your smaller brands, they're absolutely going to hurt because they may have had like the next big thing, but because they're not getting the SEMA publicity, mm-hmm. they're not going to benefit as much. Sure. Sure. I think one thing that has been rising for a long time now is obviously the overlanding trend. Um, 
I never heard about it until I moved to Michigan, and then in Michigan, it's all flat landing. I mean, there's no mountains unless you go four and a half hours north, and um, and so it's but there's tons of trails. There's miles and miles and miles. But now it's getting more and more prevalent. We're seeing more of it. I mean, I think not just seeing the lack of SEMA, but actually Corona itself may be expanding the market even further for this overlanding oh, thing. It absolutely, well, I was hearing that. Uh, tractor supply for instance, having like its best year ever. They can't keep stuff on the shelves, you know, uh, beyond overlanding. RVs are going, you know, RVs are selling like hotcakes. So I think, you know, that that's just going to continue to bolster, uh, you know, the overlanding market. I think, you know, folks are actually going to progress. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, like not to mention like just locally here in Georgia, because uh, I follow a bunch of like the overlanding groups on Facebook and everything. Mm-hmm. They have absolutely exploded because of all of the social distancing and all of your state parks being shut down. Sure. People, people are investing in the, the rooftop tents, the, the, the trailers, just basically just the basics of overlanding just to go up to your, your, your basic forestry roads and like camp in their dispersed camping because that's the only way that they can get away from their quote-unquote new normal. That's right. They're going to be pooping in the woods. Actually, so me, I Kevin got a rooftop tent the other day, and um, the one he requested... And, yeah. I know. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the one he wanted, uh, I wanted too. And I, when I called, they had one left. Like the day before, they had like 50. So that, you're, you know, you're wow. on it. It's really moving, so... I had to I had to upgrade to the Overland XL, which is a king size <laughs> mattress with a three inch oh, yeah. foam. Just uh, trying to you just had to. Walmart was uh, Walmart had almost no camping stuff. Like I was trying yeah. to, just, you know, get some odds and ends for that, and you know, even just basic camping stuff. Sure, but I mean, I but, think that's kind of a cool thing, and I think that's something. Oh yeah, you know, I agree. I think it's something neat that we're getting back into. We've all been, you know, work, 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 work all the time. I think it's really cool that a lot more people are getting out and exploring, you know, their parts of the world. Yeah. I think that's a pretty cool thing. When you drive in North Georgia, and if you're like a native of Georgia or lived here for a while, it's hard to believe that it's the same state, you know, when you're actually getting out into the wilderness. If you're like Nathan, who lives in Stone Mountain, and you go to Dahlonega, that's got to be a drastic, you know, change of scene uh, and like a breath of fresh air, basically. But you, you know, no cell service, make a campfire, poop in the woods, you know, clean off in a creek, eat some hot dogs. I think it's a fantastic thing. We're getting back to kind of the classics. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. That's literally one of my goals this year is to get like a decent overlanding set up for my truck. That way, like say we want to go to like AOP or something, boom, tow the Jeep up there. We have, we have the, the tent set up and everything and then perfectly capable to go take the Jeep out, wheel it, do whatever. Or say we want to go do like the Georgia Traverse. Oh yeah. Everything's set up and then we can just go be comfortable, take the whole family and then just like introduce my son to that entire side and just let him grow up in it so he appreciates it more i definitely dig that i definitely want my kids you know in the wilderness and growing up that way it's uh you know less and less kids are experiencing that so i think it's really cool for sure 
Um, kind of getting, looking at some of the overlanding though, um, it does kind of get a little ridiculous when you get on the bushcraft side of it. Like, it's kind of like the same people that we have in, um, in jeeping. There's like the full on grumper. There are the full on and not to and not to knock Nathan. Eagle scouts. Like Eagle you scouts. Like <laughs> if you got the scuttle, you can't be overlanding. You gotta have the scuttle. You gotta have the bushcraft knife. You've gotta have MREs. You know, you've gotta have chacos and hiking boots. Um, which, by the way, Nathan. At the same time. Do you have your Eagle Scout badges and stuff you can bring on this Colorado trip? Because I want to feel safe while we're there. <laughs> I, I've got one, too. <laughs> I didn't know I was the bougie, the bougie one. <laughs> when, well, it was funny because I was like, I was individually calling everybody going on the trip, which is now, I think, just five people. And I'm like, uh, what do you guys need? Like, what are you thinking about? Have you camped in a while? And you're like, well, I was an Eagle Scout. So there's that. I mean, pretty much you can, you can start a fire with just his hands. He just claps a couple of times, and that fire just sticks on. That so. man can create friction quickly with his hands. Deeping the work. Wow. No, I think, though, kicking back, I think Andrew made a great point. Like, even if you don't want to be like full on Mr. Bushcraft, like live off the grid for a week. If you gain a little bit of overlanding skills, like when you go to AOP, you actually are prepared versus like showing up with a 30 pack and a sleeping bag. You're going to have a little bit better time. Well, maybe not actually, but you, I, I bet, but if you bring a 30 pack, you're going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, but you might, but wake, little... might wake up with your sweatpants on backwards and be a little muddy and you're like, what happened versus like bringing your kids and sleeping in a rooftop tent or something like that. True story. It, it's the difference of like waking up in a speedo or waking up in a rooftop tent with your family. <laughs> yeah. It's awkward when you wake up in the rooftop tent in a speedo with someone well, else's it, family. It, it depends on who's in a rooftop tent with you. <laughs> I think I just, just got you. You ain't got no problem. I think I just came up with a great content model for the good bros, and I think that's like in the rooftop tent with the bros. <laughs> <laughs> Do not put it past this. Kevin has one now. Mm. Hey, that's going to be our going to find out next weekend. You have to, yeah, we are. You have to uh, make it like a sweat lodge. <laughs> Dude, that's going to be our new YouTube series. It's just going to be us sitting up in the rooftop, rooftop tent, just in the, talking in just, the driveway. <laughs> well, we live in Georgia, so technically it could be a sauna. That's right. Or that's I mean, off off road pillow talk with the good bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Serta. Yeah, that could be great. Well. I think I've exhausted my questions. Did you guys have anything for me or anything you guys wanted to cover or talk about randomly? The floor is yours. That's some big responsibility right there. Yeah, big. <laughs> big. I feel, I feel like we've had, we've had some random talk. We've had some good talk. Like, <laughs> we're, we're in a good spot. Okay, just, good. We don't want to ruin it. We're brothers off road. Like, we just exist in the moment. That's right. That's right. I, I literally I mean, eventually we that? do need to talk about some more some more jeeping that we're gonna do. 
So we yeah. need to plan our next like local jeeping trip because oh my goodness, my poor jeep needs to get out and get muddy. Yeah, mine still has serious. My LJ has serious damage, so I'm. COVID has pushed JCR to the limits, so there it's going to be like a month and a half where I can get fenders. Um, but but I'm still good. I'm ready to wheel. That's what zip ties are for, right? Yeah, I did get a new hood. Have we have we fixed your radiator situation? Yeah, I put a new radiator in, and it's it's like cooler than ever. It's great. Well, um, then it sounds like we're good to go. We're good to wheel. Um, I, I, I reattached my steering wheel because, you know, at Durhamtown, it was randomly coming off because off. I broke the bolt that held it on. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I fixed that. So I can actually, like, wheel responsibly now. That's good. I do love that you're bringing that tuner world into the Jeep world with these fancy-ass, like, steering, removable steering wheels and pretty little you like, flowers you like, on it. You like my Aloha wheel? It's not flowers, it's feathers. <laughs> oh, my bad. I, well, I just, I just figured my Jeep had, like, this giant, like, Aloha vibe. It does. It just needed to be completed. You need to I mean, be- I feel it. You need to wear like the Forrest Gump Walmart smiley face T-shirts when you're riding it. I think that'd be good. I mean, okay. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember the big yellow shirts that just had smiley faces on them? No, am I uh-huh. too old? So, so funny story. He may or may not appreciate me bringing this up, but our buddy JP mm-hmm. has a Walmart smiley face tattoo. Nice on his derriere. <laughs> Thanks for shopping so, at Walmart. So literally, that that is Good Brothers. That is that's epic. Wow! So we can totally make that happen. <laughs> and if we know somebody that wants to print up like a giant smiley face, we can put on the the top of like my sunshade. I'm good with that. That would be rad. Um, I did talk to a guy today that was talking about a Gulch's trip, and I've never actually wheeled Gulch's, so that might be cool. I, I, that is on my list. That is on my list. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have to do any convincing to get us out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gulch's, AOP, and uh, maybe a midwinter Georgia Traverse. My, my bucket list for 2020 is AOP, Gulch's, Windrock, and I would love to do a traverse. Traverse, but, I'm bringing the, but if we're doing the traverse, I'm bringing the duty, not the jeep. It would work. Um, the traverse would be really cool in Georgia in um, like January or late December, uh, as long as it's not raining, because you can actually see off the mountains. Like we were riding the other day, and I know the views were great, but I couldn't see. I mean, we were like way up, like at well, for Georgia, we were at like thirty eight hundred feet. And I couldn't see anything. Like they had to, you had to go to like an overlook area to see what you know. But in the winter, you can see through all that stuff. So and there's no mosquitoes, and the bears are pretty sluggish. So uh, it's a good time. My biggest thing is the heat because mm-hmm. like you you do anything in Georgia right now, yeah, and you are sweating so bad. Oh yeah, like you let it go like November December. And it finally, like, brings it down to a comfortable level. So, like, during the day, it's, like, 70. It's, like, it's, like nice putting in short weather. That, that, that's my time to go do that kind of stuff. Listen to this. It's going to be 48 degrees at night when me and Nathan are camping in Colorado. 48. We might see might snow. We might see snow. Yeah. 
I won't need a snuggle. Need I'll probably still not have I'm a blanket need you on. To stop. <laughs> I want to go so bad. I mean, you guys can come. Uh, it's just uh, just show up. Just just leave the house one day to get groceries and don't come back. <laughs> if I left the house for groceries and didn't come back, I'd be divorced. <laughs> well, these they're life decisions, you know. They're not always easy. <laughs> well, we just hit the forty minute mark. I think we've covered every feasible needed to cover topic. Although I would love to have you guys back on the Jeep and Bubba podcast. I would like to say thank you for joining us, Nathan, Kevin, Drew. Um, any last quick hot takes? Just want to say thank you. Thanks oh. for having us on here, man. It's been oh, fun no getting to chat with you. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely do it at the shop again. Actually, I'll go ahead and give you guys a scoop. I have this event I'd like to do at the end of September where we meet at my shop in the morning for bacon and donuts and coffee. Then we go and ride for like two hours, and then we go to a brewery after, like all in one day. So like a not serious wheeling day, but it has bacon, donuts, coffee, craft beer, and a little bit of wheeling. Sold. Can I be the 400% behind that? <laughs> yeah, can I, be the, uh, can I be the weird dude that's like sitting there deep frying donuts when everybody yeah. shows up in a cutoff shirt and mullet? <laughs> yeah. That's not even weird with my group, you know. That's I would actually trust you with that a lot, Kevin. Considering <laughs> all the like pop up breakfasts you've done with like crackling bees and everything, <laughs> that would be dope. Yeah, that so we're gonna we're gonna try to throw that down in September and uh, late September, and that that should be rad. Well, thanks for being on here, guys. Um, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Tiffany Kill Designs, Black Bear Off Road. Don't forget to eat your prunes and we'll be seeing you.